a minute yeah. or so, and then get that uh, one. We'll get into it, and we don't need to do a clap sync or anything because nah. it's all audio. It's all audio. It's all audio. It's kind of nice. It's, it's really nice, easy, simple yeah. setup right now. It is a simple setup. Yeah. I was like, I, I dig this. I dig it too. I really, I really enjoy this. <laughs> It's like it's very if anything the longest thing that took was just to watch the movie oh yeah yeah but because we had we paused it Dude, so we, many times we paused it you had to there's so yeah. there's way too much there was too much that where you could not where you could not not pause, pause. like you I had just so there's so much stuff in the background yeah that you had to notice all these different characters that they shoehorned in all right get all ready get all loosey goosey loosey goosey all right where are we going in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV related news and topics. I'm your host, Anthony King. And as usual, wait, not as usual, because yet again, we have another missing person. But <laughs> it's not Adrian this time. Because with me tonight, we have is Mike. Yes, I am back. <laughs> Mike is back and Adrian is gone. We pulled a switcheroo. A whole switcheroo. We pulled a Uno reverse card on you. <laughs> Two weeks in a row we we're missing someone. Maybe I should be gone next week. Maybe you should. So, yeah, Maybe so just to be, even it out. Yeah, just even it out. Just have a you two. At least my back was hurting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And no, it wasn't from some weird sexual shit. Okay. <laughs> I listened to that podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I had texts yeah, text. coming in, <laughs> talking about my back. And I was like, what the hell are they talking And then it dawned on me. I was like, these <laughs> like, fuckers talked about my You're back. like, I need to listen to that podcast yeah. to see what they're and talking about. I was like, about. you sons of bitches. <laughs> I hated that shit. But is your back all right? Yeah, yeah it's a lot yeah. better. I don't well, know what happened to it. I, it was fine Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This pain came out of nowhere. Man. So I did something. Something happened. Just paralyzed in bed, like, gosh, I can't move. Basically. <laughs> I'm like, babe, I'm gonna go to work today. <laughs> well, like, if I could describe it, it would be almost similar as to possibly the closest thing that would describe this pain is what probably what giving birth probably feels like. Oh, it was like three no, times you, you can't compare that. You can't compare. It was probably three times You can't worse. compare that. You're already going to shut Give, that. Giving, you're gonna get us, giving you're birth. You're already going to get us canceled, Mike. You're already <laughs> starting to try to get us canceled here. It's you're, all the back. You ever seen those? Two minutes in. <laughs> you ever seen those videos where it's like women giving birth is the closest thing that women will feel of a man having a cold? It's like, what the fuck? What? It doesn't make any sense. That does it. It's so stupid. Uh, no, I was geez. fucked up. <laughs> I was fucked up. I couldn't move. But I'm back now. Yeah, Everything's okay. cool. It's, it's nice back. to have you back. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully by next week, we'll have Adrian back. So, you know, we get the gang all back together. Ah, this audio thing is, is nice. Yeah, it's a really nice, simple setup we have tonight. We're not even in the... the in the studio tonight. No. We're actually in our office yeah. because tonight we just got finished. Uh, it just came on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, today. Just premiered. Yeah, today on Disney Plus. Uh, Chip the Dale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. I was actually really surprised. That was good. Movie. That was actually really good. That was way better than I expected yes. it was going to be. It was extreme meta. Yeah. Well, way. This is like, this was a whole type of different meta though. This is like incredibly self-aware of how Hollywood functions. Yes. How just LA functions in yeah. general. The whole entire movie is just, it's Hollywood jokes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even like 
it's jokes taking jabs at Hollywood for what Hollywood kind of is. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it has to do with like reboots, remakes. Cause, then, yeah. The whole yeah. flutter of what we've been getting for like almost basically the last decade now. Yeah. It's like the reselling of nostalgia. Yeah. Because there's no idea. That's really what it was about. So yeah. Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger, which like I said before, premiered just today. Well, it technically premiered in Orlando, May 16th, but mm-hmm. um, this is an actual Disney plus film original film yeah so premiere today april uh, may 20th on disney plus mm-hmm. this was directed by akiva schaefer and written by dan gregor and doug mand which akiva schaefer that's a th- he's done a few other things right yeah uh you probably people don't recognize the name but he's actually one of the people in lonely island he's part of lonely yeah, island. yeah 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 him along with andy samberg and uh i always forget the other guy's name that's always uh, in it but yeah, him and they're all in this film too, right? Yeah, all yeah, of them yeah, were in this film. They all they told the whole Lily Allen Gray. Yeah. yeah. So Kiva Schaefer, he directed he directed this movie. Uh his other works, also Andy Sandberg movies, were Hot Rod and it was like has the hot rod in so long. I still love Hot Rod. <laughs> I feel like that'll still be a funny film for me. But it's been way too long since I see. That's like early Andy Samberg stuff too. But it still holds up, yeah. In my opinion, okay. because it's it's so like I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's so like out of pocket shit, yeah. And it just it dawns a new type of humor. Well, this film Chip and Dale, it felt like it had a lot of that out of pocket humor just randomly throughout this movie. Yeah, like the. I, the humor was really on point and a lot more mature than I thought it was going to be, especially for like a Disney Plus original film. This is what I've been noticing a lot. Yeah. Disney has been really upping the mature content. I think they're kind of I think they're kind of realizing that people are done with like the jokesy, antsy, like goody two shoes jokes, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Akiva Schaefer in one of these like in Screen Rant, they were talking about how. uh how Akiva Schaefer very early on, they did not want to, they didn't want to saturize this with kid jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when he was talking about like in the movie, when uh, Chip is talking about Dale, it was like, this better not be one of your stupid fart jokes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was definitely one of those where it's like, oh, there's always some sort of fart joke or some sort some of, some sort stupid, of dumb. Yeah, yeah. Stupid humor. That's like very childish. And it's like, Oh my God. And they wanted to, they wanted to set out from the very beginning. Like this was not like their intention yeah. intended route They're like, we wanted to make it more along the lines of like adult theme, but not to the point to where it's no, like the, the, the humor the for hu- this felt adult in the same fashion as how Shrek had adult humor. Yes. That's what it felt like. Sorry, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. So it wasn't, and it wasn't PG 13 either. It was PG. Yeah, like it was PG, there was, yeah. it wasn't any really cussing. Yeah. There's, you know, there was like yeah. no shit or yeah, anything like that. like that. It was just like, it was so odd in a way. <laughs> Imagine like if you've seen who framed Roger rabbit, yeah. I would say this is the closest thing to that. Like, well, this well, pretty much we'll talk is about like, that in a yeah. bit for like the actual production. Part yeah. Of that, we'll we'll it talk was about like that. that, but no, no, I get what you're saying. No, this was more, like I said, it was a film that was both marketed for both children and adults yeah. to enjoy. And just even the plot in, in general, like let's give like, what was the 
plot synopsis of Chippendales. So in this one, there a buddy of theirs actually ends up going missing, mm-hmm. and pretty much that's it. He ends up going missing. He gets taken captive by pretty much. Well, Chip and Dale Chip have. And da- oh, Chip and Dale. Well, they definitely had a falling out. They had a falling out. So basically, like in the beginning, Chip and Dale have a falling out as any type of dynamic star duel happens in Hollywood or any type of entertainment. Yeah. You know, they go their separate ways. Twenty some, thirty some odd years pass. Wait, mm-hmm. what? It was like forty years actually, right? Like almost forty years because it was like it started in eighty two. Yeah, yeah, or they they met in eighty two. Oh, they met in eighty two, and then they broke up like around ninety or something like yeah, that, like ninety six. Because that, that was yeah. when the Rescue Rangers was on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it broke up right, and then it broke up during that time, and yeah. it was like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. So like, like that. they broke up for you know years, and they both have their shitty mundane lives. Dale is still doing those type of like comic-con conventions with his own little personal booth you know come meet and greet he's almost like the persona of like that washed up actor Mm -hmm. that still lives in that glory days of like oh yeah i was the rescue ranger i was dale uh, you know the guy who played the kid from children of the corn he's exactly that yes i met him Metal. Okay. Yeah, Metal Man Monster Palooza. He's like, yeah, I <laughs> had a personal like seeing all that there in the film brought so much more like so much memories of like I've seen so many actors from like the 90s and 80s who had their own little personal booth with maybe like five or six people coming to get signings because yeah. no one else really cares. Yeah, because I mean you're you're already gone. You're yeah, done. Yeah. Like you had your one limelight. And then you just coasted off that and you're still just beating the ho- dead horse mm-hmm. as long as possible. And yeah. they're like, oh, hey, like <laughs> that's so-and-so from fucking Children of the Corn. Yeah. yeah you want an autograph? Nah, I'm yeah, cool. I'm good. Yeah, that's how it was. That's how it was. I was like, oh, I'm good. It's nice to meet you. It's cool, but yeah. that's about it. And he and he kind of shows him as well, like in that in that scene when he's at like those comic cons uh-huh. where he's even surrounded by like these other rejects. Yeah. Like Lumiere from beauty and the beast. Like mm-hmm. who fucking cares about like, Lumiere? Who cares from about nobody? That. Yeah. Yeah. Tigra. Tigra from there. fucking Thundercats. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> you had, Oh my God. God. No, we'll, we'll wait for that. Let's finish the synopsis. Yeah. And then okay, we'll cover sorry. that part. Let me come yeah. back to the synopsis. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, <laughs> Chip and Dale, who were at the height of the career of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Dale ends up feeling, as he calls it, second banana. So he tries to trek on his own with his own show, ends up tanking on the first episode. Rescue Rangers ends up tanking. So therefore canceling their entire career. 30 plus years later, Dale's working as a washed up, pretty much washed up actor and chips just living the mundane life of just an everyday selling job. life insurance. Selling insurance. Life, yeah, he sells insurance. Yeah. And, and some, event happens to where an old friend of theirs, Monterey Jack, uh-huh. uh, ends up owing money because he has he, a cheese addiction. He has a cheese addiction. Okay. <laughs> and he did in the show. Every time there was cheese, he would yeah, end up he'll go know, crazy. He would yeah. go crazy and he would like float across the air, you know, but, like But they played this like it was a drug habit. Like now. it was a drug habit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they played it on everywhere. I like he like his apartment was like that 80s coked out like yes like he had like the weird like offset colors of like himself yeah like, of, like different like there was four portraits but it was offset colors of like red green or whatever like psychedelic shit yeah and i was like okay this is some it's like the eight old 80s washed out actor who's still on those coke bitches like that's what it looked yeah. like like but- you still have like the pit couches or whatever like into the ground mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he ends up getting kidnapped, thus bringing the two together to try and find their. He owes friend. money. Wait, yeah. he owes money. He owes money to a gang because of his cheese addiction called the Valley Gang. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which 
take yeah that that's funny just even later on when they go to the valley area yes. to go find and meet sweet pete yes that was a whole different thing but yeah so both chip and dale have to work together to both rescue to rescue their friend and then it sets them off on this whole crazy adventure yes but getting into this we have to go back a few steps and first cover over the comic-con convention the first big, big <laughs> thing that like there was, I did not expect to laugh this hard in this movie. No, I didn't. I, I had yeah. very low expectation of, mm-hmm. of this movie mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I watched it. Yeah. But the very first thing that caught me that really caught both of us was Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic was in this fucking movie <laughs> and so, he actually had <laughs> so those of you who don't know, Ugly Sonic was the first rendition of the CGI model character they created for the Sonic movie. Yeah. The one that was like, what, 2018, 2019? Uh, 2020. 20. Wow. Yeah, it was okay. in 2020. Okay, 2020. So when, back in 2020, when you're trying to make that Sonic movie. And that was just not a year. And that was not a that year. That was not a that year. That was not a year, my man. And that, that was, oh God. Oh man. For some reason, the, the thing that, that made people weird the most about it. All right. Other than the fact that one, he had gloveless hands, which was like the color of fur. Yeah. Well, he just, his face and everything. Fur, looked, it, yeah. Everything looked there was up. a they, number of things yeah. wrong. They like try to make it almost like humanish. Yes. They tried to make it realistic. Yeah. But the company got bullied and then they were forced to go back to the drawing boards and redo the design of Sonic, which looked good in which the actual now theater. looks yeah. great. It looks fantastic. But this movie, Somehow, I wonder, do you think they held, they got the actual like modeling, like the actual character model to Ugly Sonic? Or do you think they had to do that again from scratch? I think they actually got it. You think they got the character model? Because believe, because, well, Ugly Sonic, well, Sonic in general is owned by Paramount right now, the movies. Yeah. You know, so I, my guess is that they would have had to gone through Paramount. This was. Again, sorry, I'm I got like five other things that I want to say, but I'm trying to stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that they went to Paramount lawyer talks, lawyer talks, lawyer talks. And we're like, hey, uh, we want to add Sonic, ugly Sonic in this movie. And I bet Paramount was like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) I don't care. They technically still have the presets and the models and everything else. Because, I mean, they own it. So what are they going to do? They're not just going to put out for free. Mm -hmm. So like here, just fucking. Probably maybe give us a percentage of something, you know, but like yeah, they're fucking they're probably it. not arguing very hard <laughs> because uh, from what was seen already, Paramount, that ugly sign is already seen as so meme worthy and so joke like to begin with that it can be used as a punching bag. Yeah. And that's what he calls himself. And this ugly sign even calls himself so, ugly sonic, sonic. Yeah. Saying that like ugly cells. Yeah, I mean, his whole character name was just Ugly Sonic, but they were so focused on his teeth. Yes, because that was the thing that disturbed people the most. It was his weirdly realistic teeth. And every time they zoomed in. It was a recurring joke. First, Dale goes, talks to him, and then he's just so focused on the teeth and it's just throwing him off. Then Chip goes, meets him later on in the film, and then he's just so focused on the teeth. And then towards the end, Ugly Sonic shows up again, and while he's talking, he bites on his tongue. He's like, ah, stupid teeth. I think I bit my tongue. Like, 
They just keep drawing back to just how fucking horrendous that mouth was. And that how whoever's creative design that greenlit that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just and fucking it was, horrendous. There's just so many jokes like pointed out like those type of companies. And even the whole joke. So when they finally catch up to where their buddy was being held co- hostage the first yeah. time when they go to the uncanny valley oh my okay which, so yes. if those of you know who know know the concept for the uncanny valley is creating something like a digital cgi model so real life that you can't tell the difference between that and what's real mm-hmm. it's so realistic looking so however yeah however this was a huge attempt that Hollywood tried to do back in, you know, between like 2010, like yeah. the, the mid 2010s mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where a lot of films really tried going super hyper realistic. Like, and, do you remember the movie Beowulf? Yeah. That's an example. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And it was just, it was off. It looked bad. It all looked <laughs> yes. bad. So in this movie, they literally had a street yeah. That, that they called the Uncanny Valley. Valley. That was just all these reject 3D characters that. <laughs> and some of them they was looked like, almost realistic, but there's something off about all of them. Other than like, I'll get to that joke really quick. Yeah. And it was the fact that they also used like cats. Yeah. Like oh, the, cats. The, yeah. The weird realistic CG like <laughs> bodies. Bodies like, with fingers. Yeah. And that, that they were fighting in the alley. I was like, oh my God. But no, the thing that got me the most was that Seth Rogen's like character character yeah. is like some sort of like warrior dwarf. Like think mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings but I think for video games. And he's just like answering the door. He's like, is he looking at us? And yeah. Chip's like, I don't know. He's he constantly those, looking forward. Yeah, he's constantly looking forward because this is early CGI. So they have really figured out like eyes eyes moving and fucking chip was just like i don't know i can't tell if he's looking at me he has those polar express (laughs) eyes i was like no (laughs) you motherfucker (laughs) take a step right at polar (laughs) but it's true like a lot of those films they couldn't get the eyes right they couldn't so they would just move the head yeah so a lot of the times it would just be like dolls just like (laughs) Shifting their shifting heads, your like, head around with like yeah. their eyes still looking straight along. It's just very. <laughs> it was it was a weird time. It was such a weird time, it, but it was so funny how they threw that joke in. And then even just getting Seth Rogen in this film too. Oh my god, yes, yeah, that was a good character. And then the fucking Coca Cola bear. Yes, <laughs> they got like, the Coca Cola with the Christmas vest. Yeah, with the Christmas, he's an enforcer for Sweet Pete. Yes, so. In this film, the main villain is it's basically Peter Pan. Yeah. As an adult who calls himself Sweet Pete. And he uh, he runs an operation where he kidnaps these cartoon characters and does this fucked up surgery on mm-hmm. them that rechanges their designs. And then he throws them into fake bootleg films, like renditions yeah. of what they used to be. If they can. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Ooh, that was weird. Oh, yeah. I lost a little ollie there for a quick second. Ooh. Yeah, we good. Yeah, we good. Yeah. Okay. But the thing about it is that the way it's described as to like the way he's changing them isn't just operations. It's the way that like the detective is saying how they're basically restructured to the point to where they get just enough facial change to get around copyright <laughs> infringements. She says this yeah. copyright infringements of these characters <laughs> and then sold overseas as bootlegs, which is funny because if you think about this. The real villain of this film is bootleggers. Yes, that's the real. That's the real <laughs> this villain. This whole like jab. This whole film is like jabbing at these like all these motherfuckers who take her hard work and then just 
barely change a few things yep. and then they start making money off our hard work. It's like, how many times have you seen an anime where it's like, it's a star, it's obviously a Starbucks. Starbucks star but, dollars. Or star, star dollar, Starbuck. Yeah. Got yeah. away with, with, without the S. Yeah. Or like buck stars. Yeah. Or like some, they slightly change it just enough just to get away with yes, it. Yes. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is like for them to be taken, they go after cartoon characters that are addicted to a certain type of drug, quote, quote, yeah. for Flounder because Flounder the Fish was taken. <laughs> yeah. Same voice actor and everything. Yeah. He was addicted to krill <laughs> and he couldn't pay up. So they kidnapped him, changed him and then shipped him overseas for something that was like like the the fish person, <laughs> the fish person of the sea or something like that, like a bootleg of the Little Mermaid. Oh, the, and this is funny, like. They have so many different characters. They have so so many many. different properties, so many different. They had Batman in this, like a a rendition of Batman in this. That's a Warner Brothers property. They had E.T. They had Stan Marsh from South Park. They had Stan Marsh. That's a Paramount property. Like, how did he get all these different properties from? And this is Disney we're talking about. This is not just like random small studios. They're getting properties from huge competitors huge. you're talking about paramount you're These talking about warner brothers yeah so uh so i had to look into that one and at first i thought it was going to be of a similar nature as how like they did with who framed roger rabbit mm-hmm. so when they did who framed roger rabbit uh steven spielberg was a producer for that movie okay and so with the help of his you know his studio as well as his you know lawyers uh, they were able to kind of work around a lot of the characters that were in use, mm. you know, uh, so long as the rights of the movie and the profits that the movie made were split down the middle 50 50. Oh, OK, so that's how they did that. So I'm guessing it's somewhat similar with this business, but it was a lot of lawyers that did the work like a the, l- Disney, lo- the, the Disney, Disney lawyers. lawyers. OK, they did a lot of the footwork and uh, and the director of this one, Keeve. Akiva Shaver, yeah, uh, Akiva, Akiva, yeah. Sorry, I keep. Um, this is the first time I'm actually pronouncing his name, <laughs> so it's a little bit weird. Akiva Shaver, yes. Yeah. Uh, so he was basically, and all the all the writers as well, like you know, who I was working with, were basically, like, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool to add like My Little Pony in this movie? Which it did. It showed yeah, at yeah, the very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. But when he would mention something like this, you would have a lawyer immediately run down the hall to the other one, probably checking law books and, yeah. you know, copyrights and like uh, endorsements uh, and then calling up the company that they own. So in this case would be Mattel and then pitching the movie to them to Mattel and then tell them that like, Oh, we're not making fun of your character. It's just being added into this movie. Like, like an extra, like a person like on the street that you've seen in a movie. Mm. Like imagine like a person walking down the street in the back. That would be my little pony. That would be it kind of thing. And that would be their entire process going back and forth. See, I, I pictured this in my head as like the Disney lawyer teams is like Wall Street Exchange. It's just a fucking One, mess. Right? Yeah, like you see ticket stubs, lawyers going it's over just there. It's just like, stand right sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> Buy, two, two. <laughs> and they're like looking up at like the fucking. <laughs> I bet it was just yeah, like that. Yeah, that's how exactly how I picture that. And he said that they did the, they did a lot of work. He, he couldn't go into f- a lot of detail as to like what entailed of like, mm-hmm. there was probably some sort of business like, oh, maybe a percentage of 
profits of some sort. But as far as that, he said there was a lot, a lot of lawyers that did a lot of hard work. It wasn't just like the characters too, like the billboards and stuff and all the posters they had in the background, like when they had like Mr. Doubtfire, Meryl Streep. Okay, let's, first off, that one's a perfect casing. Okay, Chip is walking down the street because he's kind of thinking that he almost pretty much got ambushed by Monterey Jack calling Dale to have this reunion, which he's obviously still bitter about. Mm -hmm. So he goes for a walk. He leaves the place. And as he's walking down the street, he's looking up at the movie posters. And this, I feel like it perfectly encases or showcases the feeling of like when Hollywood is trying to bank off of like nostalgia or reboots or remakes or sequels. And you saw posters like one was Fast and Furious Babies. Babies Babies that were driving. (laughs) right? And another poster that was President Dog 3. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire starring Meryl Meryl Streep. Oh, it was Mr. Doubtfire. Oh, Mr. Doubtfire. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> she was bald. <laughs> Batman versus E.T. Yeah. But my favorite one was in the back that was blurred behind Chip. <laughs> was a fucking Fuck it. Gucci. It was, it was a Gucci like advertisement, but it was like a model. With a model, but the model was fucking, fucking Dobby. Dobby. <laughs> it was Dobby from Harry Potter. Wearing Gucci. And I know for, I feel like I know for a fact that Warner Bros. was like, hey, you can't use that because that's Dobby. It's like, well. well. Okay. I forget. Before we were like even researching and looking about how they got all these deals and everything, because we were first like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, how yeah. can they get all that stuff? And then you made the interesting point. Well, Dobby for that specific scene was heavily blurred and you can't really tell. Like, you can tell just enough. Yes. But you can't really tell because there was no like any distinguishing details. No, there wasn't. So it's one of those things like you like you said, if any person will try to take him to court like well you can't tell that's Dobby yeah it's like that looks like Dobby I don't know you can't be 100% sure (laughs) it's like you motherfucker Uh, just like, like, I, I mean, you can't like, really be 100%. Like some of those characters were that. Yes. Where they couldn't get the rights and they're like, oh, I mean, fuck these guys. We're still going to put them in here. We're still going to We're just going to blur them. Yeah. Or like <laughs> put their legs in or something like that. <laughs> I feel like they used every trick they possibly could get yeah. for certain characters that they really wanted, some that they may have wanted, and ones that were just like, okay, let's just throw in. Yeah. And, and I feel like they probably went through books and texts so many pulling up archives just <laughs> god that was supposed to have been so much work so much work for and them. imagine them being done and like oh okay i think we got all the characters wanted hey what about that coca-cola bear as he's just like tossing a football to the ceiling <laughs> i think we should put him in there fuck <laughs> he's got it back Go to the back, room yep. yep i gotta call up coca-cola <laughs> and convince him like hey so one of your polar bears is gonna be an enforcer oh, yeah <laughs> like like what? And you have to like explain this to these people, like what these characters' roles are gonna be. Like, what was your favorite character in this film? <laughs> Mine early on was the Muppet Cheese Dealer. <laughs> the Muppet Cheese Dealer. <laughs> Do we got a name for who played him? No, I, I don't know who played him. Like, like that's the thing. Like I was looking up to see the voice. It's probably in there. Okay, so like there's a point in the film where Chip and Dale they go to, they get a clue mm-hmm. for where um their buddy gets his cheese from. Yeah. And it's basically Disneyland Main Street. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly it. It's exactly that. So they go to Disneyland Main Street and they go up to this cheese place and they're like, hey man, we want some cheese. He's like, oh, I got all kinds of cheese. And it's a fucking Muppet. It's yeah. a Muppet. He's all like, we got the Gouda. We got the, he sounds like Swedish chef. Yeah. So you got the Gouda and the Ragu and the Boom. It's like, oh, we're actually looking for, for a stinky, stinky cheese. Those and eyebrows immediately brow, shift. His um, eyebrow immediately shifted down. And he just... You guys cops. <laughs> I was like, what you want? 
I was in. I was already fucking sold on that. The immediate shift of just good. You guys cops. You guys cops. <laughs> I love I loved his entire character because I don't know what it is about Muppets, but the way like Obviously, they're being controlled, but the yeah. way they walk, so it's kind of like a hop, yeah. and even like the way their well, hands. They have and- that one. So when they're in um, Montgomery Jack's apartment and they're doing the whole forensic search, and they had that mm-hmm. one Muppet sock Muppet, yes, cop who randomly <laughs> shows up on the side. That was also Akiva Schaefer. Okay, <laughs> as well. That was him as well. He did a lot of voices for yeah. his movie. Oh, uh, he was with the author on this whole thing, but yeah, there's a lot of like. Good characters. I like J.K. Simmons' character, Chief Putty. I love J.K. Simmons' appearances when he comes in. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's great. I really enjoy his appearance. But also, I think what threw me off is, like, Monterey Jack was voiced by Eric Bana. Really? Yeah. Eric Bana. For those that you've... If you guys have heard the name, he was in... He, I was, mean, he was the original for Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. If you guys remember that one, yeah. Yeah, Ang Lee's Hulk. He was, he was Nero in uh, Star Trek. He was in the movie Munich, if you want to go super deep. But he was also... Um, he was also in Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn it, what the hell was his name? He was... He, he was, was Troy, Hector. Right? Hector Troy, right? He, uh, Hector. Troy, uh, Troy was the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he was, he was Hector. just Hector. Yeah, Hector. Yeah, ends up getting, like, fucking... Stabbed. Yeah. In the chest. But I was really surprised on that, because mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was... Because he is... He does have that natural dialect already, mm-hmm. and he probably just added more, like, just rasp on it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I dug that. But who else... You also had Keegan-Michael Key. Who was he? He played... Frog co-worker. Oh no, that was Keegan Michael Key. He played. He played the cheesemonger. <laughs> he played him. Bjorkson the cheesemonger. He played him. He to you guys, cops. <laughs> Keegan Michael oh, yeah, Key was, that was yeah. great. That was a great character. It was also cool is that you had the original voice actor for Gadget as well. Okay, come in, Tress McNeil. Yeah, she sounded the same. Yeah, uh, like spot on. The name though, uh, Zipper. Zipper, yeah. Oh, uh, that was uh, Dennis Hasbro. Devin, Dennis Hasbro. You guys yeah, know yeah. him from the Allstate commercials. Yeah, yeah. That's but Allstate, that, Stan. That was funny just hearing his voice come out. The way he comes, he's like, <clears throat> oh, Dale, good <laughs> yeah. to see you. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but you know whose voice is trending right now? As as many of these voices that have appeared, mm-hmm. the one that's trending the most right now is Tim Robinson who did the voice of Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic is trending at number 10 on Twitter and Tim Robinson along with him. Okay. So I'm like, dude, he's uh, definitely making waves. Ugly Sonic was probably the the funniest thing about that movie. I think. Like, we were crying. Like, oh my we God, were, I was we crying. Were, we were laughing. It was funny with the constant like showing of the mouth. Yes. <laughs> when he bit his tongue. I was, that sold it. it. That sold it. That we sold the joke. That. I was like, oh my God. And you know, do you feel like that because they put out images of ugly Sonic saying like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a sudden surprise and mm-hmm. of articles of like Twitter and social media. Do you feel like that Disney plus put that out to gain traction of the fact that, Oh, Hey, we have ugly Sonic in this. Oh movie. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. People were like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it's going to drop. Cause remember this is a Disney plus yeah. film. So it's not like it's being released in theaters or anything like that. No, so they're going to need people to drove into Disney yeah. plus actually watch it. So this was, <laughs> this was a good sell. <laughs> it was it a good worked. sell. No, it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I, a I lot thoroughly, better, a lot better. The only thing that, 
it was really off put, like off putting because it had such great and amazing voice acting. Yeah. But the main woman who was playing the detective was, was not. It, it was no, off. It was the yeah. acting was off. And like I get it. You're just you're 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 talking to probably a tennis Nobody. ball. You're probably talking to a tennis ball. Yeah. So I get Easy how lane. hard it is to like emote and interact with that. But it was you know it was, it was very off putting, especially her dialogue sometimes when it was written. It was very flat. Yeah. And Keep, plain. Uh, Kiki Lane is who played Ellie, okay. the detective. Yeah. So far, she her. Uh, she's only been credited for like 12 work. Mm -hmm. So like through looks like, yeah, it looks like 2015 to 2022. Okay. So the most recent movie, the old guard on Netflix, never seen it. That was, that's the most recent one. Okay. So I think she's still trying to, make, but I get it as well. I, this was probably like the first movie where it's like, Oh, Hey, like look this way and imagine you're talking to two chipmunks. And like like <laughs> we said before, this was filmed almost in the same fashion as how they did with Who Framed Roger Ryder. Yes. So there was a lot of ray. Like the environments were real, the sets were real, the props and objects in the scenes were real. Were real. And you had these animations that clearly weren't there were interacting with real objects. Yes. A lot of it, and you could totally tell a lot of it was like kind of from the animation. Oh, 100 like, percent kind of showing off like, yeah, you know, this, yeah, yeah, it was easily showing off, but it was cool. You get to see those type of interactions uh -huh. with them because it's not like anyone was really there. Like you see tables moving around, you see like um, characters falling like on kiosks and stuff and the kiosks yeah. break and everything. I think one particular moment that I really enjoyed yeah. that really kind of showcased that. Other than like they were holding cups and like, okay, that could be debatable as yeah. like. Well, so you can tell some of the scenes they're yeah. holding CG cups. But yeah. the one that really got me was when they were in Sweet Pete's office mm -hmm. and Sweet was telling a story, getting all threatened and they're backing up on the desk and they bump into, into a glass. Yeah. Into a glass cup. And it shakes and they and had it, to stop it too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's like. That a, was real. That was real glass. That was obviously all real. And I think that was a peak moment where I was like, oh, can you tell? Like. Mm -hmm. Is it is it real? Is yeah. it not real? Like, what do you think it is? And I think that was like a real like, I feel like that was a magical moment to where it just like it took you out of like, OK, this isn't like a cartoon. Like, it's just cartoons living in a real setting mm -hmm. and everything they're touching is real. Yeah. Like, and I can tell it to like, I wonder how they did like for like Montgomery Jack's like apartment, like for scenes like that, like were mm -hmm. they filming with a real miniature set and moving the camera around in the miniatures. Like mm -hmm. that's what it felt like they were doing with those scenes particularly. Or would you say that they did something similar like that? And eh, probably maybe not the way I was probably going with that is like, you think that maybe some of it was prop and then the rest of it was almost like a miniature version of like what they did with the Mandalorian, with that whole, uh, the that whole digital, screen, the digital, digital screen. screen. No, no, no. I feel like it's still just like it's a prop. Okay, it's yeah. using the props. I mean, and you even notice with the scenes too, like when Chip and Dale first met as child children in mm -hmm. the cafeteria and they had like the little bench, like yes. the little table with the little chairs. And it was like, it was obviously a little table, a little yeah. chair that they made. <laughs> and <laughs> so. it's, it's funny too, because you're thinking about it. It's like most of the time they're probably just filming on a clean plate. So mm -hmm. it's just they're shooting on environment with a camera doing a standard motion tracking with no one there. Yeah. And then they obviously plan mm -hmm. in pre-production how they're going to animate the characters and post. Yeah. But I, I'm still wondering if like there, it feels like a lot of stuff would still have to require at least a standard or like, you know, the tennis ball technique or something. Yeah. Like that. Something that will allow the, uh, the visual artists to kind of like 
mm-hmm. place something or at least like attach something to. Because there was a, a lot of object. cartoon characters interacting with real objects. There was a lot of that. And yeah. I felt like it was either as much or even more than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It, they were trying to, oh like God, said, a yeah. lot of this film was trying to felt, it felt reminiscent of that film. It was still playing on the same film standards and practices that film did. Yeah. So I wonder how much of the interactions they had with, with, you know, CG characters or cartoon characters to real objects. That's where I want to go back in this film and watch again to see that. I want to take a guess and that maybe there was some even mocap either mm-hmm. mocap suit or people that even had you know how some people even have like those like gray 3d print or models of like say like the dinosaur head or the animal head or yeah. something like that that would like indicate oh this character is that yeah i would probably want to guess something s- like that some of that would probably be that yeah like uh like the car scene or whatever like when he's driving and then like a bumper falls off mm. and then you have an actual car literally like lifted up itself, yeah to the side and then it transitioned to the little cg car with the mouth and yeah yeah and it looks like the car that's like from cars like yeah with the eyes on the windshield mm-hmm. and so i would probably say like that would be an example of like oh now that's the cg Fake. car yeah and then it just veers off so it was really cool and creative to see how they but did these aspects and like I said, a lot of this did feel like they were trying to like one up the old style too. Cause like yes. Frame Roger Rabbit is still used the standard principles with like filmmaking and dolly tracking and movement. Yes, exactly. But with newer technology now, there's like one specific shot where um, Chip and Dale kind of like hopped over to a ledge yes. and the camera zooms in and tilts into a Dutch angle and you can totally tell it's an artificial it's a camera on an artificial rig yeah. doing the motion tracking but you can totally tell they're really heavily focusing on the motion of the camera mm-hmm. moving with real objects moving with these CG characters that they hand probably hand animated yeah they're, they were like pretty much like crawling down heads first yeah. down the side of the building because they're chipmunks they're chipmunks chipmunks. yeah so they're so they're climbing down while casually talking and the camera's tracking this the entire time Mm -hmm. as they're going down and then coming up and then going through a little alley to the side of the building yeah yeah so it's like they definitely had a pre-visual already of like okay this is where they're gonna be Uh this is where he's gonna be and i want to guess there was maybe the tennis ball method for that so at least then no you know i you wouldn't even need it no yeah uh you I or feel, at least like keep some like sort of object no no because like, all you need is just a camera tracking because mm-hmm. you'll need the tennis ball when you have a real life person or real life object interacting with the mm. animation since they weren't interacting with anything and they were just moving within the environment oh, okay that would have been easy just to have the camera doing its motion tracking yeah but it's still like you needed to know how their walk mm-hmm. and how they're gonna do their dialogue to know how to move the camera in the first place. Yeah. So it was really interesting that they went with that route. And it was funny too, cause like it's chipmunks. Yeah. So obviously they're going to move around like that, but you're kind of like throwing off for a quick second. It's like, yeah, they're like, all right, let's go to the next area. And they just hopped over a ledge, crawling down the pipe on the side of the building. Yeah. And you're, and like, you're like, wait, wait a, a second. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Cause they're chipmunks. Yeah. It makes sense. But it was cool seeing that yeah. trick done. And I was like, okay, they're definitely like, yeah, they're definitely showing off. Yeah, they're showing bit. off. They're, they're like, showing off. Yeah, look off. what we could do. Yeah. But I definitely dug the different 
animation styles throughout this entire film. Mm -hmm. Like you had 2D animation, 3D. Gumby felt a lot, or uh, Captain Putty felt like a lot of stop motion. Yes, a lot of stop motion animation. You had CG animation where Mm -hmm. Dale was, and then you had the 2D like Mm -hmm. blended. Quote unquote 2D. 2D. Because the 2D was still 3D, you can tell. It was just more like... I want to say like less texturized. Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff too, like nowadays, like 2D animation, like anime, anime is not really done on pencil paper anymore. No, it's, it's all, all done. computerized yeah. and CG. So it's like, it's still in that same aspect where you take CG and you make it look 2D. Yeah. But it's, it's the look of like making 2D alive. And, yeah. And it made it look still hand drawn. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you had your, your CG artists. Mm where everything was CG as well. So it was, it was very creative. It was such a treat to see like all these different like, it reminded types of, me of, uh, Spider-Man, uh, um, the oh, animated movie. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Where they took a lot of different animated styles and blended it all together. Yes. So I dug that. I dug yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I really dug this movie. Yeah. What would you, what would you give it? What would you give it a grade? I would grade give it. I would give it maybe like, you know, an 8.5. 8.5? 8.5, almost a 9. Okay. I don't want to go full 9 you because I feel like I give very high ratings to movies that I like, mm-hmm. but then I have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I, I did go back before, and I think you did give like Spider Man No Way Home a 9. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I noticed now too, like, I was like, I don't think Mike will give it the same rating like he did. No. Like, I think I, that was like on the same day hype excitement, yeah, which like, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> a little kid that's coming out and then, you know, it's just like hyped as shit. Yeah. That's the way you just saw. And then you're like, okay, well, she's all right. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. But, no, but yeah, this was good. This was de- like I said, I think it was a lot better that our expectations were low in the first place. Yes. So it was completely like, holy shit, this, this is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go in thinking that this is going to be the greatest thing, I'd probably say like reel it back just a little bit. It is very fun to watch. Yeah, it's and definitely it, fun. It was a good fun movie. Yeah, it doesn't take itself very seriously, which makes it more entertaining. Yeah. As well. And that everyone's fully aware of their situations. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's just. It's just making fun of Hollywood. <laughs> That's all it is. Just making fun of the entire industry in general. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I'm looking at my notes, thinking if there's anything else that I could put. And pretty much I said yeah, all no, of it. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well. Let me see if there's anything that I wanted to specific. Oh, oh, one particular motion is like when they were doing the body parts. When you saw like the different parts that were like removed oh, from the characters. Oh yeah, were, where you see like Jimmy Neutron's hair yeah. and Sora's hair and you stuff saw, like that. You saw some characters sort of like Hanna Barbera and yeah. like, and uh, for some reason, why was fucking Darkwing Duck at the very end? Oh okay, okay. So the Darkwing Duck thing. So the production company who filmed this, uh, Mandeville or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I, however you pronounce their name. So back in two thousand or twenty twenty November. Disney Plus did announce that they were going to work on a Darkwing reboot. So this whole Darkwing duck thing at the end where he was like, come on, demand Darkwing. Say with me now. We want Darkwing. Darkwing. Do you want? That's them basically announcing they're going to work on Darkwing. I'm pretty sure that's them announcing they're going to work on Darkwing duck reboot. now. I don't think I ever sat back and was like, you know what I want? (laughs) I want 
Darkwing Duck. There were people talking about that before. There's when Disney Plus was first coming out and they were first talking about, yeah, we're going to bring back some of the classic cartoons. We might even reboot some. People were suggesting Darkwing Duck. But they were suggesting. But did they ever be like, was there like a hardcore fan base where it was like, yes, Darkwing Duck needs to come back. It needs to be done by Dark Horse Comics. Like, was there ever anything like that? There's a hardcore group for every group. Was there a apparently there was a hardcore group strong enough to make Chip and Dale happen? Yeah. So and there's a hardcore group enough to make Darkwing Duck happen. It's it's gonna happen. I I liked it. It was pretty funny at the end. Yeah. It was just like like, we want Darkwing. It was basically like fuck Chip and Joe. We want Darkwing. Yes, that's exactly. It was self cheering. Yeah. It was self cheering to the point where it was like I I want me to come back. Yeah. And so now that they came back, I can come back. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. But also as well they. They wanted to point out that this wasn't a sequel, mm. a reboot, or a remake, but it was a comeback. Yeah. And so I think that's what made this movie a little bit better as well. Yeah. As I, it wasn't trying to like rehash the nostalgia of the past. No. It was basically, hey, here are characters you remember. Here they're living now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. But no, I don't think I've ever sat back and was like, damn, I need some Darkwing in my life. <laughs> I need to start a pledge. Well, guess what? You're going to get some Darkwing in your life now. Well, then I want a live action. Uh, I want a live action tailspin. <laughs> That's right. I want tailspin. <laughs> and I want Baloo from the Jungle Book to play it because in the original cartoon, Gosh. Baloo was in it. I want Baloo. I want <laughs> tailspin. I know there's motherfuckers out there that know what tailspin is. Do not sell me on the fact that you don't know Tailspin. Do you you know <laughs> yeah, Tailspin? I know, I know Tailspin. I want my Tailspin then. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to ever bring back Tailspin. If these motherfuckers got Darkwing Duck coming, then I want Tailspin. <laughs> let's just let's just rehash it. Rehash all the olds. All the olds. Even Winnie the Pooh. I want a live a more Winnie live action, more adult themed Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the what's that little, that old classic movie with like the little mouse going on little adventures and he's like an orphan and everything. Little mouse and orphan. You talking about American Tale? Yeah. Okay, American Tale hit. Now, what happened? When we get it reboot live action American Tale. But instead of him being Jewish Russian, he's a migrant worker mm-hmm. from Mexico trying yeah, to survive yeah, ice. Yeah. You know, trying to find <laughs> survive ice. And they use the same, you know, CGI stuff they use for the Lion King CGI. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm done. Making them hyper realistic. I don't want them. Okay. I love that part as well. Just to point out as well. So Seth Rogen did the voice <laughs> oh, of the dwarf. Seth Rogen. Okay. Yeah. The Seth Rogen voice scenes. And he ended up, he ends up chasing Chippendale through like the Comic-Con knockoff mm-hmm. and ends up falling down on top of like a table. Yeah. And he's like looking at a pig and he's like, what are you looking at? And it's the fucking <laughs> it's Pumbaa. Pumbaa from the live action Lion King. And he's like, just staring at your dead eyes, man. And then fucking, <laughs> and then what was it? Uh, Mantis, Mantis from Kung Fu Panda joins. It was like, yeah, you got weird eyes. And then Bob from like Monsters vs. Aliens, Aliens comes in. It's like, yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> like, it's like all his voices talking to each other. <laughs> I was like, no, no. fuck you. Oh my goodness, that was great. 
Okay, that was my last thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place to cut this episode. We want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. I'm curious on your thoughts on tonight's topic. How do you feel about the new Chip and Tales Freddy, you know, Rescue Rangers movie? Did you like it? Did you hate it? You can leave a comment below if you're watching this on the Next Journey YouTube channel. If not, we'll be putting this up on our open forum on our website at www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast for our listeners to discuss episode topics and various other film related news we put out episodes every monday for audio listeners you can watch the red band podcast on itunes amazon music spotify and of course our website which i'll say again www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash red band podcast and since mike is here mm-hmm. we can finally have the end notes back for this week's episode That's so right let's get those end notes mike so i got a couple notes for you guys one obviously for our specific channel as anthony mentioned before all the different ways you'll be listening to us itunes is coming as well or iHeartRadio. Mm, yeah say. we're gonna be on iHeartRadio soon that's right so keep a lookout for iHeartRadio as the red band podcast so mm-hmm. keep an eye out on that also we do still have our patreon account so those that subscribe to it end up getting a little incentives along the way with each subscription more subscribers means more content to you and it would be really helpful to us i think that'd be super super awesome and also wanted to give a really big shout out to a buddy of mine Greg Smith. Okay, this guy is an extremely talented custom woodwork artist. All right, and I say artist because he's talented at what he does. Whether you're looking for home decor or something custom made for someone as a gift, hit this guy up on Instagram. He can be able to set you up with something real, real nice. So the guy's Instagram page, Gain Smith Shop. Okay, or sorry, Grain Smith Shop. Sorry, I'm a little bit dyslexic. <laughs> so Grain Smith, G R A I N Smith Shop. Look him up, send him a message, tell him that Michael sent you his way and that thanks to the Red Band Podcast. If you guys are looking for something specific for your home, he's got you covered. And that's pretty much it. And then for anybody else who's looking to get a sponsor as well, give us a shout out. You know, maybe we want to get a look at some of your pieces. Maybe you want to sponsor it out as well. Or if you just want to get the word out from your business, let us know. Otherwise, you can catch us here pretty much every Tuesday, Monday, Monday? <laughs> every just said Monday, it. just said it. <laughs> every Monday. Yeah, sorry, it just goes to show how much I listen to. Uh, Otherwise, you can find us here every Monday with new topics. All right, guys, you heard it from Mike. Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. You don't hear it. You, you don't, don't hear it. it. You don't see. It. You don't hear it. Yes. Fuck it. 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 Fuck